whenever you see the impossible become possible, you see a state of consciousness known to researchers as flow. If you go back to the early 1990s, actually in adventure sports, this was a rowdy, punk rock, irreverent bunch of people without a lot of natural advantages. Most of the people I knew came from bad childhoods and broken homes. They had very little money. They didn't have a ton of education. And yet here they were kind of redefining what was possible for our species. And I wanted to understand what the hell was going on. Okay, guys, this is a fun episode because here I ask Stephen Kotler about the history of him becoming a flow state and high performance expert. If you don't know Stephen, he is one of the top selling authors today on flow states and high performance. Co-authored a couple books with Peter Diamandis, and he's really on top of the game. And he says, you know, 20 years ago, he was seeing these action and adventure sports athletes redefining what is humanly possible. He would see them go into these states of mind and do things that a lot of people thought were impossible. And if you think back, you know, 20, 20 years ago or so, in the 90s, this is when the X Games started to come out and these high-performance sports, and we would see snowboarders do quadruple backflips and, and people racing dirt bikes like they never had before. And, and so Steven saw this mind shift within these athletes, and he wanted to research that, asking himself the question, what does it take to do the impossible? So he followed these athletes around for years and years and years started to write about them started to study about them and he really became a student of those that were achieving the impossible or, or what we thought would be humanly impossible now this isn't new science it just was undiscovered science at the time and this was the beginning of understanding what flow states and high performance actually was from a scientific level we knew that people would do this in war or battles or occasionally you know maybe through music or creativity in the past but before it was always a shot of inspiration from a divine source from above, like God or the universe or spirits or whatever it may be. And then Stephen started to unravel that this is actually a science that we can hack and we can hack on a regular basis. And people started calling it the state of flow. Whenever you see the impossible become the possible, this is the state of consciousness known as flow. And here it was, neuroscience and flow was a bit too controversial for mainstream academia. And Stephen started to unravel this and create projects around it. And the people that medical professionals and experts that were on to this jumped in and backed Stephen during this time. And, to say, and they said, hey, this is a thing. It's going to become a new norm. Let's make it the unknown subject and make it modern science. Really great high-performance tips with Stephen here. Without further ado, let's hop into it. But I, I first want to want the listeners to get a bit of your backstory because I don't know too much about you pre ten years ago, and so I'd love to, if you don't mind, filling in the blanks and sharing with the listeners and myself how you developed into the uh, expert biohacker, productivity, high performance man that you are today. There's a bunch of different ways to tell this story, but the, the short version is um, early in my career, uh, I became a journalist in the early 1990s. And back then, if you, uh, action sports were just becoming a very hot topic, gravity games, X games, all those things were just getting underway. So back then, if you could ride and ski or ride and surf or ride and rock climb or whatever, there was a lot of work. And I couldn't do any of those things very well, but I really needed the work. 
And I lied to my editors and spent about a decade chasing professional action adventure sport athletes around mountains and across oceans. And if you're not a professional athlete and you spend a lot of your time chasing pro athletes around mountains, you're going to break bones. I broke on a lot of bones. And uh, then I would end up taking a lot of time off. And what would happen is I would, you know, snap this or that, take three or four months off. And I come, came back, the progress I saw was astounding. It, it was leaps and bounds kind of stuff. It didn't make any sense. Stuff that had been absolutely impossible, never been done, never going to be done. Human body can't take it or take your pick. Wasn't just being done. It was being iterated upon. And that really caught my attention, caught my attention for a lot of different reasons. One of which is if you go back to the early 1990s, action adventure sports, this was a rowdy punk rock, irreverent bunch of people without a lot of natural advantages. Most of the people I knew came from bad childhoods and broken homes, they had very little money, they didn't have a ton of education as a rule. And yet here they were on a semi-regular basis, kind of redefining what was possible for our species. And I wanted to understand what the hell was going on. I wanted to, I, you know, I, I was seeing stuff that actually looked like magic. It looked like people were defying the laws of gravity and physics and it didn't make any sense to me. Um, I also knew at that point they'd broken a lot of bones. And if I didn't stop chasing professional athletes around mountains, I was going to die. And so I took this question of what does it take to do the impossible pretty much everywhere I could. I took it into technology, wrote uh, my book Tomorrowland, for example, is a book about those maverick innovators who turned science fiction uh, ideas into science fact technology. Bold is a look at upstart entrepreneurs, Larry Page, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, people who built world-changing businesses in record time. And often, you know, the impossible part of a lot of those companies uh, a lot of those entrepreneurs built companies in sectors where nobody thought innovation was possible or nobody even thought you could build a business and they were successful. I looked with Peter Diamandis, we wrote Abundance, and we looked at individuals and small teams taking on impossible global challenges like poverty, energy, scarcity, healthcare, things that 10, 20 years ago had been the sole province of big governments or large corporations and suddenly here were individuals going after these same kind of challenges and succeeding, you know, doing, doing the impossible where, where governments and corporations couldn't do that ahead of time. So I, you know, I, the, the core question has always been, what the hell is going on? How is that possible? Um, not going to tell you this portion of the story because it's too long, but uh, the answer is whenever you see the impossible become possible, you see a state of consciousness known to researchers as flow. And that was what I discovered very early on. And I also discovered that, Flow was uh, an amazing science, but it was very, very balkanized. And I was, at the same time I was a uh, sports writer, I was also a science writer. Those were sort of my two niches. And I was really interested in neuroscience. And most of the really interesting flow work had been done, you know, everybody sort of knew about the psychology a little bit because of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi and his best-selling book, Flow. But what nobody realized is that the neuroscience had progressed by leaps and bounds over the past couple of decades. And it was starting to be possible to kind of figure out mechanism, where these states of peak performance were coming from, how to get more of them. And I was obsessed. I mean, I was just madly obsessed. I spent 20 years sort of writing about, I think I wrote four or five books about flow over the years wrote a column for psychology today for a long time on flow on and on and on and after about 20 years of it i kept trying to get academics my friends who were neuroscientists to start 
a flow research project basically. And I, they wouldn't do it because flow was too controversial. The work was very, very difficult. It was hard to understand. It was altered states of consciousness. It, you know, it set off a lot of alarm bells inside of academia. And it was just, academia was just too conservative. And in around 2011, a friend of mine, Andrew Hessel, is a synthetic biologist, um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant biologist, um, and a geneticist sat me down and he had built a very, he had built the first nonprofit end-to-one synthetic bio cancer, com- cancer research company, which basically means he was trying to build using synthetic biology. So uh, rewriting DNA, he was trying to build end-to-one cancer drugs. So can- everybody's cancer is individual, and he was trying to build a, a drug that would target your cancer or my cancer, take your pick. Very controversial as well. And he uh, started out, when he started out doing this, he was at Amgen, big powerhouse biopharmaceutical and uh, had to leave to do this. And he sat me down and said, look, you're never going to be able to do what you want with flow inside of academia. For all these reasons, I had to take my project outside of that world. But I'll tell you what, if you do this, if you, if you, if you take your project out of academia and you start this, you know, research project, um, I'll join your board and I'll back you. And I'll bet if you talk to all your other neuroscience friends, They'll say the same thing because we've all been waiting for you to do this. We think you're the expert and you should do it. And I called three or four of you know the, the, my neuroscience friends who are some of the top guys in the world, and they said, hell yes, we'll join your board. Do this. And that's sort of where it came from. And so I now at the Flow Research Collective, uh, I think, can't tell, but I, I have one of the two or three largest flow labs in the world at this point. We've got research partnerships that go everywhere from like Deloitte and Formula One through USC, UCLA, Imperial College London, uh, a number of other institutions. Uh, and, uh, and the work is really fun, really exciting. There it is, you guys. Flow states becoming modern science and neuroscience and one of the hottest topics in high performance today. If you like what you're hearing, you guys, and you don't want to miss any of these tips, please subscribe, leave us a review, share with your friends, and we'll see you on the next episode.